what's up, Watson's Chapel? This is the WCBC Podcast. I am Hunter. I'm Alan. And hey, we are super excited to be able to talk to you guys this week. Alan, big reveal. Hit it. So, we were uh, kind of talking back and forth in uh, episode five about uh, some excitement, some anticipation about a, a new guest that we're going to have on the podcast with us. So, uh, again, uh, the time is here. We've got uh, Josh Blake with us, and uh, we're excited to have him here, and he's going to be talking with us a little bit about uh, the power of the Word of God. Josh, uh, introduce yourself. Hey, everyone. I'm Josh Blake. Um, that's awesome. I'm excited to be here. Uh, looking forward to this podcast and what, what God has for us. Yep. And if you, and the cool thing too is Josh just preached for the last for the first time this this last Sunday. And for you guys that don't know, uh, we're super excited to have Josh on here because off the podcast. So we had not even talked about the fact that Josh just recently announced that God has called him in the ministry of of, of being a preacher. Oh yeah. Before this, we had already discussed. Man, we're gonna have Josh oh, on yeah. the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Because of uh, you know hearing him teach and hearing his, some of his. Uh, Th- that's what I was about to say. Is off the podcast. Yeah. The conversations we have biblically like can last for hours upon hours, where we're both late for something or something else comes up, and so that's why we were super excited. And what Alan's getting ready to keep going with when we when we yeah. talk about uh, God's word and we talk about uh, the the excitement and the passion that it brings with us, uh, I think you'll be able to tell just by Josh's demeanor and his enthusiasm that the word of God is impactful. And that's kind of going to be our topic for today: is uh, the, the word of God and how important it is yeah. and how powerful it is. And uh, uh, you know, I don't know if you think about it the same way I do, Hunter. But do do you ever wonder what people are doing when they're listening to our podcast? Oh, a- absolutely. So, I mean, if it's, if it's driving or if it's uh, you know whether they're at the gym or on the treadmill. Yeah. A lot of times when I'm on a treadmill, I gotta I gotta zone out just to get my mind off of how out of shape I am yeah. and how torturous this is, <laughs> how much pain I'm in. Yeah. Right? So uh, typically I'll throw a podcast on while I'm on a treadmill, and I know a lot of other folks do that too. But uh, here's what we want to talk about. Before you work out, you go to the gym, you take a, like a pre-workout. Yeah. After you get done. You got to get pumped. Yeah. After you get done, you take <gasps> that, yeah. that, that post-workout that provides that nutrients to uh, help you build, rebuild that muscle. And uh, so our topic today is about the Word of God, the food for the soul. Yeah. So when you as a, a Christian or as a, a spiritual being, you find yourself in a place where you're torn down and you need rebuilding. Oh, yeah. The Word of God is that fuel. Yeah. It's all we have. To rebuild it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Uh, that's kind of our intro today. So uh, uh, right now we'll we'll throw it back over to you. Huh? Yeah, yeah, I got you. So um, and, and this is going to start our subject off today. But the thing, something cool about Josh is we we've talked a lot and we have a lot in common when it comes to the point of what was your life in church like before you really were like, oh, I've got to start studying. We all have that. But Josh is going to start us off just a little bit about. Um, his story, his and Zoe's stories about when he was in church, but then all of a sudden, you know, God just got a hold of him and was like, you need to read my word, you need to study my word, and what happened after that? So, Josh, you want to start us and tell us about that? Absolutely, yeah. So, um, what I was at is a place of um, wanting to correct my life, but I was unsaved. I didn't know about Christ. I didn't know about any of those other things. I was going to look for 
to better myself. Yeah. So I would try different churches, try different denominations, and basically whatever the teacher preacher was teaching, the um, and to get their point across, the better that came across to me, the more I really uh, realized it to be a truth. Yeah. But it, and then I found that it was. Um, my, my emotion of it and my opinion of it would change too if somebody spoke stronger about something else. Yeah. So d- throughout that time, um, we we I more so was looking for different churches, and I would basically go until I didn't get anything else from them, and I would move on to another one. Yeah. And also testing different denominations uh, just because I didn't know what the truth was. Um, what happened though is I I did hear a sermon and um, I wanted basically I used it for my ill will and yeah. um, it was a, a, ser- a sermon on um, becoming submissive and I went home and told her I was like hey we need to we need to talk about submission <laughs> and uh, it, it it led me to start reading and then and once I started reading that uh, I I found that. Other things that I would read, or more importantly, was there was stuff that people told me yeah. that I took as a truth. That I was like, "You oh, well, by the way, since we're speaking of this, let's look over here and find this. Yeah. And I'm like, it's in here somewhere. I know, because they said it was. Yeah. So I started looking. But then, uh, so the, when I first started reading, um, I, I, I actually, first book I read was the book of James. And to this day... Um, it has a special place with yeah. me just because that was the first book. That so you said a very, uh, I think it's an impactful statement. When you were no longer getting from the church what you thought you were getting, should be getting from the church, right. you assume something's wrong with the church. Right. And that's immediately that would be my response. So and I, 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 I mean, I think it's something that is more common than just you. I don't think it's isolated to just you or your family. But I think that's something that's pretty predominant oh, I've, I've in there. today's culture. <laughs> yeah, I've yeah. done that. Yeah. yeah, something's wrong with this church. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not getting nothing. And it's one of them things that, like, biblically, there are some churches that are very wrong. I mean, that's just a, a true statement. If you they were to do the biblical test, yeah, they're way outside of it. But I remember kind of the same boat was I didn't study for myself. I just had opinions mm-hmm. and, and moral philosophy that I followed. And I was like, yeah, well, I, I know the Bible and I study the Bible, but, you know, I think this is okay. And then people be like, but in the Bible, it says that's not okay. And I'm like, well, that's just your interpretation. So I based it, my opinions and my moral subjections, and then I would look for a church. Well, that didn't last very long because then I was like, well, wait a second. You know, what if I'm, what if I'm wrong? I started studying. My book that really has a good place in my heart was Proverbs because it talks about wisdom and asking it from God and how he gives it. So finally, I was like, you know, Lord, I've been saying Proverbs, so let me have some. I, I pray for wisdom. And then I started studying the books, and then God showed me real quick, like you said in your sermon, I was not right. <laughs> I was really wrong. And I was like confessing to God. And then I had to go confess to all the people that I argued with. Like, hey, I, I was wrong. And it's because I finally started studying. And God has those aha moments in your life. And, yeah. and I, even though and we were talking before we actually started recording the podcast about some of the things that we went through personally. Yeah. And, uh, man, I've been in church all my life. Yeah. But I can tell you there's times in my life spiritually as a Christian, no, I'm saved, but my faith and my relationship with God was so anemic, yeah. so weak, so feeble, so pathetic that 
yeah, there would be something wrong. Man, I'm not getting up to this church, but I was I was in a spiritual position. I didn't even care. Yeah, I was I was content just to sit right there, ride the pine, and just go through the motions yeah. until uh, God has has not only uh, woken me up, but He's put a desire in me that uh, I, it was either you or I was, uh, or uh, our pastor that quoted. The, the the prophet that said, "No, I tried to quit. I'm, I'm done with this. I'm going. I'm not going. I'm not going to speak in his name not anymore. Right. None." So and he got to thinking yeah. about it. It was like a fire that was shut up in his bones. And I think God's doing that to a lot of folks. Yes. In these days and times that we live in, just because it's, I think we're drawing near those last days. Yeah. And, and so, Josh, kind of back to what you're saying about your life too. So it seemed like you had like you hit that brick wall of. There's a difference now because you started going through James. Right. So, so how much going through the book, like when you got done with the book of James, your view on the importance of Scripture, What I mean, what did it change to? Uh, well, for, for one, um, through that and some other study during that same time period, um, I was answering questions that I didn't even know I had. Yeah. Um, and finding out who Christ was. Yeah. Uh, because, like I said, I had attended churches and I had went, um, but it wasn't—it it wasn't that I acknowledged that I was even lost. Yeah. It was that almost of just a fear of hell. Yeah. So it, it's—I I didn't have no acceptance of me needing a savior. It's just like if this gets me to keep me from hell, that's what I need. That's what I want. That's the reason. So that's what it did. But then, like I said, through the reading, and once I got out of James, um, I, I, I then. I, studied i went towards then the gospels because i'm yeah. like i need to find out you know the beginning yeah. what it what it is and through the study and going through the gospels and just reading about christ and what he had did done for us and that's where i truly fell under conviction and after that i mean because that's when this this the scripture really just spoke to me and it wasn't nobody taught me yeah. At that time, in that process, that was truly having the Holy Spirit correct me to show me as you read and as you study, you get these. You can't come to that understanding, you know, yeah. to, to understand just how broken we are. I've had people try to teach me. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm, yeah. I've been, I've been in church my whole life. Yes. And I've had some very good, very godly Sunday school teachers and some very godly pastors. Yeah. That's tried to pour their heart into me. To no avail, mm-hmm. but there's something about that Holy Spirit that becomes teacher, yes, that comes alive in your life, that flips that light bulb on, that gives you that aha moment. Yeah, and, and you know what, it, what you're saying too is, not only did studying Scripture lead you to a place where you had salvation and profession for the first time, but then I mean that you continued that cycle of studying. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, I continued the study of uh, through study, and I continued on with it, and it became a point in my, to me where it was, um, it was like finding a new treasure every yeah. day. So that's why I just I kept digging and digging, and I I wanted to know, and I wanted to know the stories that correlated, and I I was very naive when I first started yeah. reading scripture because I'm like, if I'm gonna read about Christ, I have to read in the New Testament. And um, once I and, and I mean, people would ask, you know, so do you ever study the Old Testament? And I'm like, no, no, I'm just New Testament. And 
uh, I had a friend that actually says, you know, how many times can you find Christ in the Old Testament? And I thought it was a trick question. That was early on my salvation. Just started yeah. reading the Bible, and I'm like, you know, is it? And that's what I asked him. I was like, is this a trick question? Yeah. He's like, no. He goes, but just read the Old Testament. Let me know. We'll get back with me. And again, that was that was a, an amazing journey to read through it to just because it's like, oh, there, look, there he is, you know. And it's like <laughs> I'm reading those story, and I'm like, yeah. there is it. And I, and then you know, then you start thinking about things that you know that that. To say that you know you it's it's the completed gospel or the completed message you know all of it and it's canon and it's 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 it is the inspired word of yeah. God you know so it, it, he's all throughout it he lit you know then to me that's just what made it to the point of where I then understood the importance that I had to have you know to to for myself yeah you know that it, this wasn't something that was for somebody to teach me or somebody to tell me yeah you know this was my responsibility and like i says and and through reading that i i mean i I realized that it goes so much more um through the scripture is so much more because i for me it was at that time um my whole salvation was based on you know church attendance and what i did you know the works i did and who you know if i helped do something extra and that's what my whole salvation was based off of. And then it's like I says, and but through reading the Word of God and finding the truths, you know, not not opinions, but the, you know, the the the, the truths of God that that, that that you can't argue them. Yeah. And at that moment, that's when I I realized that um, the importance of reading the Scripture. Yeah. Well, when, when you talk about study, or when you're talking about education, and when you're talking about uh, bettering yourself uh, the subject matter i think if you if you whether it's math or science or whatever uh, it has a lot to do with me as a learner on my interest level when you start talking about the subject matter that we're talking about today which is the word of god yeah which is uh, uh, the source of all of our hope and all of our strength and all of our uh, uh, things that give us uh, our peace and and our peace of mind I'm going to set this next question up by uh, just kind of under on on that on that platform where okay we're stu- if we're talking about studying we're talking about education we're talking about better ourselves subject matter word of God the origin of it where did it, the word of God originate somebody won't even just take that and run with it well wow that's a good question <laughs> Alan. Uh, so the first thing that really comes to my mind is when you talk about the origin of Scripture is I, I always use this analogy of origin of the Holy Word of God. Okay, I want everyone to think about this. A human cannot write it on nope. their own. And some of you guys are like, well, what do you mean? You know, I mean, men wrote it. Well, I'm saying this. What about Paul? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> sa- I'm saying this, um, and I'll try to describe this as best as I can. I always use this example of if you have four humans— you have a doctor, an athlete, a scientist, and, you know, even a pastor. If you look at all four people, okay, who is going to decide what morality is? None of them. Because no, no one can go higher than the other because they're all humans. And whether you're listening to this and you're a Christian or you're not, we all can agree that there are evil. there's evil in this world within a human being. Yep. Right. So all four humans have that in common that something is evil about them. There's a, a sin, as the Bible would say. So therefore, 
the Bible had to come from something or someone that was holier, that knew no evil. Like it never partook of it. It was good and wise enough to give us instructions on how to avoid evil. So when you look at the origin, so where the Bible came from, it had to come from something or someone that was more divine than the rest of humanity. And it had to come from someone who understands humans, understands nature, understands creation, understands science, understands feelings, emotions, choices, desires, and dreams. And for me, there's only one person that had so much divineness that could give us a word, and that's God. That pretty much narrows it down, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, And what I love about the Word of God, too, is it teaches us all these things. But I wrote this down so I'd remember. But I remember a specific conversation that I had with Josh after the quarantine. It was one of our first times back. And we were talking about, you know, how has quarantine been? And both of us came to this conclusion of like, Man, we've been doing some self-examining. Absolutely. Because when you took the church away, okay, now what? Okay, now it was just me and my Bible for about two months. And that's what me and Josh were talking about is we spent more time in the Word because we couldn't just come to the building all the time. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, I've, I've got a lot to work on. Yep. And so that's the cool thing about the Word of God is it – its origin has something in common with the reality we live in because his divineness wrote it so that way it would intercede and go in and like literally like I think of vines, it would just dive deep into reality. So that way when we look at the word of God, whether we're in church or we're in a quarantine or another country or here at the chapel, it applies to us in the reality and the realm that we live in. And so... I mean, this first question we have is, why do we need Scripture? Alan said the origin of it. So why do we need it? We've established the origin, but you, for you two, y'all, one of y'all can start us. Why do we need this Scripture? Well, I, th- I think that it's um, the, 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 the reason we need Scripture is it's, it's kind of like it goes, I mean, it, it does go hand in hand with prayer. Yeah. Um, it puts us in communion with God. Yeah. So it, when we're reading the word, I mean, the, the word is a very much a living word. Um, it doesn't matter with the day. If you're yeah. overwhelmed with joy or you're, you're trodden down with sorrow and, and weight. And if it, it, you get into the word of God and there's answers, yeah. there's, there's, there's revelations in there that, it, that you see. And I mean, you could read the stories time and time and time again, and it never ceases to amaze me that, you know, when you think you have one nailed down, know it in and out, and then there, there's another one. He'll show you. He's like, "Hey, let me let me show you." And it's it's just it's 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 so comforting, yeah, and encouraging to know that you know it it doesn't it doesn't stop. Yeah, it's not like you uh, like a, a novel or a book where it's like I've read it, I know it, I got it. You know, the 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 word is very much alive. Um, so for me, like I mean. Why do we need it? Because I mean that, like I said, it keeps us it keeps us in communion with God. And then, and, um, and like Matthew in four four, it, um, Jesus is talking. You know that man cannot live on bread alone. This is our spiritual food. This is what keeps us spiritually re- fed daily. You yeah. Know? Because like you said, during, when you mentioned during the quarantine, you know that 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 was you know you you get, but. It, it, one of the biggest things that I self-reflected on was how much of a routine I had. Yeah. Where you're going through the motions and it's like, you know, go to church today, you know, and then, 
But then it's like you kind of step outside of true fellowship with God because you're just going through the motions. Yeah. You're there. You're doing. Counterproductive. And I'm going to talk just a second about relationships because when we every once in a while I'll catch my wife just sitting and, and staring at me. And I wonder, what's she thinking? What's, what's going on in her mind right now? What's she thinking? Is she thinking about how she can kill me and get away with it? <laughs> I'm joking. She, she, I've got an awesome wife. But how do I know her mind? How do I know her thoughts? How do I know I, I, our relationship that we have, she's able to show me what she's thinking and the scripture is absolutely a look into the mind of Christ. When we you sit down with God's word, it's 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 his thoughts. It's his how he feels towards us. It's it's how we have that loving relationship with him. It's the instructions on how we do that. Yeah. Absolutely. And I love that both of you cuz it led, your two answers just led to what I wrote down. So why do we need it? Redemption. Yep. Okay. So Genesis through the fall happens, but what I'm going to talk about is you said revelation. You said relationship. Okay, so we need it because of redemption. So all of a sudden Genesis 3 happened, the fall occurs, and so now we are apart from God. There's a barrier between us and God Almighty. You know, Adam and Eve, before the fall, they were made to have fellowship, communion with God for eternity. They, I mean, they lived peacefully. The fall happened, death, sin, all. so there's a barrier. So God is, ha well, he's going to provide a revelation, a special revelation. Uh, for those of you who are in the theology class that we do here, you, this is going to sound so familiar because what you said about understanding God is the whole emphasis of revelation. Because with sin between us and God, now it's almost, it, it was impossible for a human on their own exactly. just to understand the things of God. Our sin separates us from Him. And so God gave a revelation of Scripture. You know, you even think of sola scriptura, scripture alone, just different word, uh, words and phrases that you hear. That God gave us Scripture to be able to see and understand and learn things about His power his attributes, his characteristics. So that way, you know, this barrier we have now, he's like, well, I'm going to break through the barrier. And not only am I going to give you scripture, but I'm going to send my son. And ultimately now I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit after you're saved. So now when you open my revelation, can understand it. we can <laughs> yes. understand it. Yes. And that goes back to what Josh said. It's a revelation. It's a living thing. Here's a great example. We were talking about this yesterday. There's so many times that I'll read something in a book of the Bible and I'll read it and be like, whoa, like I've never paid attention to this, but I've read the book 5, 10, 20 times. And that shows that there's an evidence in that that it's alive. And it's because God knew that I'm reading the book of, I mean, it's like I was uh, reading last week. Um, we were in a small group and they were in Corinthians and we were going through it. I saw Corinthians one eighteen that talks about, you know, to... Uh, to the perishing, the word of God's foolishness, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And I read that, and I was just like, whoa. And I was hooked on it for two days, studied it out, preached it last Wednesday, right? So I've read through Corinthians 1 about wisdom right there, and I, it's like I never saw that. But God knew that on a Monday night in a college small group that I needed to see that and not only learn it for myself, but I'm going to go share it with our high school students yep. here. And so you see Revelation and you see relationship through the scripture. Now, 
Let's go to the second question. And I think we all have 2 Timothy 3.16. So whoever wants to start, we'll just go around the table. Um, how ahead. did we get Scripture? Go ahead, Josh. Um, You're our guest. Yes. So <laughs> 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Um, so, I mean, it, we got it from God as God given, you know, he, he, his inspiration is what gave us all of scripture. But one of the things is like, for me, when I, with that, it's, uh, it's for, you know, some of the ones is for reproof, for correction, for instructions and in righteousness, you know, and like I says, I mean, th this for me was kind of hard, you know, nobody, I, I know I didn't want to be corrected. I didn't want to be made, you know, made right. It's like I was fine. Um, but then that's the that's the beauty of the scripture, though, though, is it's not like it's just a chastisement. You know, it's it is. But then at the same time, for everything we are getting chastised on, there's hope. There's, yeah. there, you know, we have Christ. You know, there's it's not just a it's not just a punishing. It, it's it's also I mean, it's the encouragement. Yep. You know, the, the, we we and that's what somebody asked me one time. They said, you know, why why is it you do what you do? Is it do you have to? And I'm like, absolutely not. And they say, so why do you do it? And it's because you want to. I'm, you you want to serve God. Absolutely. You want to you want to spread the gospel message. It's not forced, you know. And that's <laughs> a, it's it's gratitude. Absolutely, it is. I am grateful yes. for what God's done for me, and because I'm grateful. I don't, I don't want to disappoint him. Yes. Yeah. And, I mean, literally all three of us wrote, I knew we'd write this down because this verse <laughs> is just like the foundation as a Christian that we cling to. And, and when you look at, you know, all Scripture was given by the inspiration, or ESV says God breathed, you have uh, two gr a Greek word that has two things to it. You have, it's called theopestudos. So you have theos, that means God, and pestudos, that means breathe. So literally, God breathed. Now, listen, when you, when you think about God breathing or inspiring or giving Scripture, so I want to say this and kind of go back to what we were talking about, Revelation, that God decided to use His Holy Spirit, right, to communicate to the writers of the Bible to write everything that He gave them, just like Jonah. God looked at Jonah and said, you're going to say the things that I give you. So these men didn't write this on their own morale, moral standard, their own authority or anything. They were literally, God gave them what I believe every word to write down, all scripture, every word. So this is really cool because God decided to use humans to communicate to humans. Now, some of you guys are like, whoa, what do, what do you mean? I mean this. Ultimately, what what did God do to communicate to humans? He sent His Son in the form of a human. When you read John one, you know, the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and then you go down. It says, "Well, the Word became flesh." And so, a part of the revelation we were talking about earlier is God preordained in His sovereignty and in His providence to use a human way to communicate to us. Because if He communicated to us on just His level. Boy, we wouldn't understand. I wouldn't. Oh, no, because we're so flawed. How could we true? Who knows what language he would have spoke? I got a learning curve anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so who knows the language he would have spoken to us? Who knows 
I mean, if God is perfect, then what he would have told us would have been so holy. We probably would have been like Israel uh, when Moses was on Mount Sinai the first time and God spoke and they're like, no, don't let him speak anymore because we're going to die. You need to speak. And so we see that God, then he says, all right, well, I'll speak through Moses. And so it's so cool that God decided to be personal with us and to give us the scripture in such a way that we could understand, we could relate, and, and when we read it, it can apply. And it's like for doctrine, correction, for all of these things. Okay, so and then you come to this. Okay, for us to use this as our standard, we believe that it's uh, there's an inerrancy about it. We believe that scripture is perfect. There's nothing wrong. And it's credible. Yes, and so a lot of people will probably hear that statement, and they're like, "Well, we don't. I don't agree with you because men wrote it." Okay, well, we've we've eliminated that. A fisherman could not write a gospel on his own. Okay, when you talk about God moving on men, and you talk yeah. about how that every detail in God's word is God breathed, and how important it is. It says in there, not one jot, not one tittle. Yeah, what's what's a jot and a tittle? It's a it's a dot over yes. an eye. Yeah. And a slash across a T. Everything. Yeah. It's that important. That, Everything. Every detail in God's word is that important. Yeah. And, and whatever version, like, I, I I have a King James Bible. I have a New King James Bible. I have an ESV. You know, I, I have to, I stick to word translations personally. I, I don't like phrase or idea translations. I want a word for word. And listen, if you can read straight up Hebrew and straight up Greek and read the originals, then props to you. I was in here trying to read some Greek earlier. Come help me. Yeah, come on. You know, send me an email and we'll get together because I can't pronounce any of them. I understand some of them, but man, but it's one of those things that, yeah, we have word for word translations, but I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to stick to what this book says till the day I die. That's it. It's the concepts and the the precepts and concepts that are in it. Yeah. And, and, And so when you think about, you know, um, what I was saying earlier about the revelation and the special and how we got it, that it, it's perfect. Okay. So, yeah, there, I mean, there might be some grammatical things that people might bring up. There might be some interpretation things of, you know, like uh, John 8, Mark 16. They were at a little later. You know, James was really the first New Testament book. Yep. Mark came before Matthew, but we have Matthew. First. So there's little things, grammatical things, whatever you want to say. But I know this. That in God's providence, so that means providence means that provision. God could look forward in time. If John 8 and Mark 16 were supposed to be added later on, I believe that God, God allowed that to God, happen. God knew that, and he knew that it was needed. And, and, and again, if we, stay, if we stay focused on the concepts that God's Word teaches us, yeah. instead of getting hung up on things that are really not as important to have any in. Uh, eternal implications, we'd be much better off. We spend our time a whole lot more wisely mm-hmm. teaching our children and our uh, yeah. and our and our young people and uh, our churches the concepts that are in God's word. Yeah, that's a key yeah. point. What Alan just mentioned, though, is that uh, and if we look at it, a lot of people that want to debate or argue the Bible with you. It's, it's not on doctrinal truths. No. It's on those that— It's you on know, preference. Yes, it's on preference, it's and on that's preference. what they'll pull yep. out, you know. And, 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 and that's one of the things that, you know, that early on I had to learn is what was a doctrinal truth? What is something that I won't—I stand firmly on, you know, that it, cause it is the Word of God? And what are other ones that are the interpretation? Yep. That, and, and that—I mean, when you look at the, the preference or the extra-biblical things— 
I mean, it's like when when I said added, you know, that doesn't mean that somebody just wrote Mark 16 or John 8 and just put it. No, that was in the original of all scriptures, and then the councils came together and decided that's what needed to be put in there. But that's about a woman, you know, that's been, they bring her out, and they're like, she slept, and she's committed adultery. Jesus writes in the sand. So we're learning about Christ in that, so keep it coming. I'll read it. Mark 16 is the conclusion of Mark about what happened after Jesus died. What did the disciples do? Okay, we can read that in Matthew, and they cross-reference. So they're still true. But I, see, I didn't even write this down. But when it comes to extra biblical things and preference, I'll tell you this: uh, I was reading a book once, and I, it said something like eighty percent of people want to argue about the differences, when eighty percent or a hundred percent of people should just talk about where we can agree. And within Scripture and within the salvation and the doctrine, yeah, I, we should be able to line up when yeah, it comes I, to doctrine. And I've got a full-time job. When it talks about the things that I should be doing and applying to my life yeah. to be more godly and to pursue Christ in, 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 in sanctification, that's going to keep me busy. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and, I mean, preference, you know, that don't. It's one of the, when people come to me with an argument of preference or extra-biblical things— I listen and I'll love you to death, but eventually I'm going to look at you and say, what's the purpose of this argument, right? right? Because right. if you're telling me that the, the floor has to be red carpet or we have to sing a certain kind of music or have music at all, yeah, I'm not. I'm really not going to entertain that because biblically it doesn't say anything about what color the carpet has to be. Okay, you want to tell me about music? David played music. They sang songs, all that stuff. So whether you like the the old gospel tune, I love all music, or you like contemporary. So when it comes to those extra biblical things or your preference things, I'm just like, you know. But if you come to me and you're like, well, I, I don't believe Jesus is the only way. We've got a problem, yep, that's right? Right, yep. right? Because doctrine is worth talking. And we don't argue with people to be mean to them it's more of like listen if you come to me and say you believe in god but you don't believe in jesus is the only way oh I, you don't really believe in god mm-hmm. and now i'm concerned for their soul yep. so at uh, what extent here we'll add this question when when you're looking at scripture you too and think about experience through your life and all these things when it comes to scripture so we've talked about why we got it how we have it okay we'll get to how do we use it in a second but i, I want to talk about doctrine like Jesus referred to, if you'll do, if you hear what I say and you'll do what I say, you're standing on the rock, right? Yep. So for you all in your lives, how important is doctrine to and, you? And to me, this is a, a perfect segue for this next question. It says, how do we need to use the scripture? We don't use it as a battering ram, yeah, as a right. whipping post. Yeah, right. as it's, it's not to be used to prove that my theory is right or that I'm more intelligent or more yeah. spiritual than you are. You're put you're setting yourself up like a, a Pharisee. Yeah. You're 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 being seen and you're 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 get, making an image for yourself and you're actually robbing God of his glory. So and, Alan and when you when you think about that about not using it as a battering ram or doing these things, but when you come to a place where somebody you're witnessing to or someone who has disagrees with you on biblical doctrine I mean, how we know it's important to you, but in that moment, what what do you do? So you use Scripture and, and let it speak for itself. And like uh, uh, Josh has, has said, you can you can take the Word of God and read it for face value, yeah, and, and point out those those concepts and, and the precepts that are in it about how important uh, that 
faith in a relationship with Jesus Christ is in a person's eternal, you know, location and where they spend eternity, and, and let the Holy Spirit, number one, it'll speak truth and confirm the truth that you're speaking because uh, God's Word, it, it talks about the, how effective it is. It always accomplishes that which we which God sets out for it to. So if we're obedient and we share the Word of God in the uh, manner with a meek spirit in, in the matter of uh, not trying to make a name for ourselves or prove I'm right and prove you're wrong, yeah. but in a matter of uh, concern for someone else's eternal destiny, yeah. I think the Holy Spirit will place his stamp of approval on that and prove that we are being credible and we are in the best interest. And if they have this off-the-wall refusal, hey, it's not my job to convince you. It's yeah, not, it's not right. my it's not my job to convert you. I'll share my belief, and if you want to disagree with it, that's fine. That's your privilege. But at some point, I'm going to have to pray that the Holy Spirit proves to you how wrong you are. Yeah, or you will spend eternity as separated from Christ. Yeah. yeah, and that's the beauty of it, though, is because we do have the Word of God. We don't have. Um, he's taking, he's taking the blow for it. He's saying that you know use my word, and that's why when you know we share the gospel message with somebody, that's it's best just to stay a hundred percent in the word, and not put our own into it because Absolutely. then they can't they can't point to us. Yeah. It's not me. This is the word of God, you know, yeah. and He's given us that out. I will mess it up every time. Exactly. Me if too. I start you me, <laughs> if I start trying to put something else in there, and then yeah, it, yeah, yeah, I'll mess it up. Okay, so I wrote this other question down because I mean, just flowing. Let's keep it going. So now we've talked about what do we do when someone comes to us with a argument of doctrine or a question of doctrine. Okay, so we're stating, the, the three of us say the same thing, Scripture is the standard. If we keep Scripture as a standard, then they're not arguing with me. Ultimately, they're arguing with God. And right. Okay, so now, now there's people out there that teach it falsely on purpose, false teachers. So when we hear someone teaching, using this Scripture out of turn, out of context, how do we respond to that? So if you've been, <laughs> if you've been listening to the podcast, uh, I, I, I'm proud of Hunter, young man, that uh, he, he's naming them. And I think that's what we should do. Yeah, Somebody right. who's teaching false, hey, I've got a grandbaby that I want her to know truth. Right. And if, uh, if, if somebody's teaching a lie, I'm going to tell them don't believe him. Yeah. So uh, absolutely, if, if we know that they are uh, in blatant, Perversion of the gospel, name them. Oh, absolutely, uh, I, name them. Yeah, and, and I mean, like we talked about. I mean, I, we talked about this the other day. Yes, when, we did. when people are out of context or they're preaching a false message on purpose, I mean, Paul and Peter are pretty. You know, mark them, know them. Paul says, "Let them be accursed, excommunicated. Let them be pushed out." But we live. So this is my this is my take. We live in a in a in a twenty twenty culture. Um, that is full of false teaching everywhere you go, and people wolves in sheep clothing. It's Satan, mm -hmm. Satan at his best. Yeah, and he's I, doing what he does. Yes, yes, and he's using people. I mean, you know, messengers of light. They're they're creating a false persona by taking the word of God and saying this is what it is and this is true. So I mentioned, you know, Creflo Dollar. You know, he says you can be a little god. All right. Then you've got, um, you know, you got Joyce Meyer, who she mm -hmm. says a lot of radical things. Um, then you got what's his name? His eyes are almost black. 
like, I mean, just – I can't think of what his name – oh, Copeland. Then you've got Kenneth Copeland and his wife, who one time they were on a plane and said that they could control, control tornadoes. And they just say it in the name of God, and it'll – yeah, about that, you know. So we, and you can listen to these people and hear their false teaching, but okay. But we also live in a culture of you. Y-O-U. It's all about you. It's like, you know, I, I've listened to so many sermons um, from like a Stephen Furtick or a lot of, that they'll take an Old Testament story and they're like, listen, just mark it out and put you, put your name. You know, David and Goliath, you're David, and your battle in life is Goliath, and you just need to slay it with a stone. And I'm just like, what? Okay, no, 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 time out. There's a reason your name's not there, and God put David's name there. Which, And I think it's funny, if you guys, any of you guys love just great sermons, Matt Chandler, I've sent it to you, Matt Chandler has a, a sermon um, at the Code Orange Revival that he was invited out to El- Elevation Church to do this revival. And literally his message was like, it's not about you. In a place that preaches, right. it's all about you. And he, walk, he walks up there and he goes, listen, you are not David. And your life problems are not Goliath. Boy, it got quiet in there. Yes. And he was like, it's not about us. It's all about God. It's all about God. Who gets the glory? God. Who gets the glory? God. When someone's saved, who gets that? God. It has nothing to do with us. But we live in a culture that takes the context and the word of God, and they're like, dude, it's all about us. Well, it's the subtlety of Satan, and he does what he does. He's good at his job, and uh, the Bible talks about that little bit of leaven that leavens the, the whole lump. lump. Yeah. And when, when, you, when you look at Satan, and uh, we can take a, a multitude of topics but let's take the relationship between a man and a woman and, and, and the biblical, scriptural definition of what God intended for a husband and a wife to share together. Beautiful. Yeah. And, we, it, and I'm not going to get into a whole lot of detail, but the sex is, is something that God intended for a man and a woman inside the bounds of holy matrimony. Beautiful thing when you look at it scripturally. Now, you take what Satan's done to that concept and what the media and Hollywood have done with this sex. And they have perverted. That's yeah. wh- that's where the word comes from, guys. Yeah. Pervert. Yeah. It comes from what society has done with the concept of relationships between a man and a woman in the bonds of holy matrimony. And the fact that you can't turn on your TV now and watch a hamburger commercial. <laughs> yeah, gross. Without some type of sexual, you know, suggestive material in Every kind of uh, uh, TV commercial and, and, and entertainment Hollywood has, has dominated and, and totally perverted. I'm doing air quotes. You can't see my <laughs> fingers. Perverted what God intended to be holy. Yes. And, yeah, that's I, mean, why we, and I think that's what we failed as, 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 as a church, as parents. We don't teach our kids what God expects. Right. I think that's right. why the divorce yep. rate's so high. Yes. Because Hollywood's got them set up for this unrealistic expectation. And, and and as parents, we need to teach our kids you have to work. It's a, it's a daily decision where you, mm-hmm. you you choose to love your wife just like you. Yes. You, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and go ahead, Josh. I'm sorry. And, and the one thing too is though with everything you're going on with and saying is also being that example. Yep. You know that we have to live that in front of our children. You know so that there's no doubt in front of them. 
Um, because everywhere the kids are looking nowadays, like you said, it's everywhere. I mean, it's on commercials. It's in the school systems. Yep. It's in the friendships. Yeah. So, I mean, when we are not only do we have to teach them that, but we also have to live it in front of them. So, that, you know, that they're not so we're not a hypocrite, you know, yeah. so they're like, you know, well, my parents did. You know, and I mean, and like Alan mentioned, you know, today's divorce rate is like it's through the roof. Yeah. You know, I mean, people are they they look at marriage as we'll give it a shot, like a dating <laughs> somebody. You know, it's like let's get married, we'll give it a shot, yeah, and then you know, six months later they're divorced and separated. It's a whole, it's a holy covenant. It, yeah. It, it, God's God's. It's so. I mean, when we. Th- and I'm not, believe me, I know people make mistakes. And I know that bad things happen to good people. And I understand that, uh, you know, there's consequences to decisions. But here's what I want you to understand. That model where God put a man and a woman said the two should leave their husband, the, the husband and the wife should leave their parents and the two become one. That's the model. That's scripture. That's the model. That's the standard. That he has based not only for families yeah but for the church and our relationship with him yeah yes. we're the bride of christ That's, yes we're, we're the, the bride of christ we're the bride of christ absolutely and and, and i mean th- and it all goes back to scripture is being taken out of context yep. within yeah. the churches and i mean the things of hollywood are creeping into the church and most yes. people are like well my pastor he said it's okay so i'm about it or well they're using the bible so it must be okay and i'm like no study it and you'll see that it's not <laughs> right. yep. But that's the, uh, the 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 easy the easy believism. Don't you don't have to change anything. Oh. You know, just accept. I mean, that that is Satan's greatest work right now because what it's doing is it's t- people are coming out and saying, "Oh, you, are you a believer?" Yes, I'm a believer. They don't have any spiritual fruits of anything whatsoever, but yet they believe that they are his. Yeah, they believe that they're a part of the body of Christ and. That's Satan's greatest work because there, there's nothing further from the truth because they, you know, they're, they're, the message that's coming out of the pulpit is you don't have to do anything. You can stay exactly as you are today. All you got to do is accept Christ. Yep. It's and, a slow erosion process of where he's just slowly but surely chipping away at the moral fiber of not only individuals yeah. but also. And, uh, it, and it's sad because they'll say they're a Christian. But listen, it's like I was studying for this Wednesday. I mean, I'm in John 14, and he says, if you love me, you'll keep my words. And people will be like, oh, well, I love Jesus. And then you're like, oh, well, do you do this? Do you do this? Do you do this? And they're like, oh, no, I don't agree with that. Don't get carried away. <laughs> Whoa, wait a second. Wait a second. Time out. He said, if you love me, you will keep my words. And then later yeah. in that, he says, well, they're not even my words. They come from the Father. Father. So ultimately, it's the word of God. So it's like you say you love Jesus, and you're all about Jesus, but you don't keep the word. That doesn't add up. Now, let me say this. There is, even as a Christian, me, I, I still I still fall out of the, his word sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't keep it. But I know this, that when I sin and I fall short of his word and of his glory, I still recognize that the word is higher than the mistake I just made. Yep. And then I'm going to repent and confess and say, God, I just messed up because I know your word is... And your commandment says this, so forgive me. But when you live in a state of mind where it's like, oh, yeah, I love Jesus, but you won't repent of your sins, or you won't admit that you're wrong, or you won't admit that God's word is true in this area, and my opinion doesn't matter, that's a problem. That's a huge problem. And when you think about what we were talking about with you, you, I mean, literally, that's what he's done. He's helped humans come between uh, the word, and I mean, literally, like, you interject yourself, and you're going to mess it up. Anytime a man tries to get in the middle of something, of what God's trying to doing 
whether they try to add to the word or take away, they're messing it up. And think about this. Satan's been doing this. This ain't new. Nope. Well, okay, let's talk about Genesis 3. So the serpent is um, talking to Eve, and she says, But God said, You shall not eat of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Oh, check this out. He didn't mean that. But the serpent said, so Satan said this to the woman. He said to Eve, you. Oh, there's our first one. Mm-hmm. You, while you will not surely die, okay? Uh, for God knows that when uh, you eat of it, your, okay, while you are, your, there's the word again, your eyes will be open, and you, while you, there to get, there it is again, will be like God knowing good from evil. So in one sentence, he says the word you, your, and you. So all of a sudden, Satan brings Eve into the the equation. Now she's like, oh, I can do this? I, I can... He makes it about her. Well, what does she do? So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and it was a delight to the eyes that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of it the fruit and ate. Oh, so he's been doing this from the beginning. Satan tries to make it all about us, okay? Because when we make it all about us, we're not making it all about God. And when it becomes all about us, yeah, there's a bunch of error that's about to occur because it shouldn't be all about us. It nope. should be about God. Right. You look, you got your, you got your focus in the wrong, on the wrong place. And yeah. so for you, the people that hear this and you're like, what do you mean it's all about you? Or I like that preacher. I mean, keep listening to him if that's what you want. But I'm just saying this. It's not about us at all, guys. God, listen, Matt Chandler said this one time. God did not, it's not like God was in the beginning and he just got bored. And he's like, oh, I'm just going to make humanity because I'm bored and I'm lonely and I need people, right? It had nothing to do with that. God created all these things because he wanted to be worshipped. He wanted to be glorified. The script, He's a jealous God. We, you know, don't have any other gods before me. So it's not that he was bored and he just wanted to make us so that way we could run around and sin. No, it, n- n- not at all. It's been about God from the beginning because he's like, well, I'm going to make humanity, but here it is in the garden. They're going to stay in the garden. They're going to be in community. They're going to worship me. Okay, sin came. Now he's like, all right, I'm going to redeem them, but it's still not about them because I'm the one who's going to redeem them. I'm the one who's going to send my son. And so I'm saying this. When you listen to the preachers or you listen to the culture or Hollywood or all these things, see what the main subject is that they're pointing to, and you'll learn real quick whether they're for God or they're for this world. Because the scriptures say, don't love the world and the things of the world. You know, I'm paraphrasing. And that doesn't mean I can't go fishing. That just means this. If I love fishing more than I love God, boy, I'm out of whack. Something's not right. The rich young ruler. Yeah. Same thing. Same concept. Uh, It's not the fact that because he's rich, he couldn't go to heaven. It's the fact that he loved his money more than he did and his lifestyle more than he did. Yeah. The concept of I don't want to give it up. Yeah. Didn't love Christ enough to say, hey, you know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do what you asked me to. Yeah. It wasn't that God needed his stuff. It was the fact that God needed his heart. Yeah. And he wanted to keep that place in his heart full of his riches. And Jesus said, If you love me, keep my words. He didn't keep the Lord's words that day. So ultimately yep. he he really wasn't. And here's another thing too about the evil one. Well what what did he try to do to Jesus? After yeah, he was tempted tempt- him three times with with scripture, just tweaked it a little bit, just enough. And that's the thing. It wasn't a bold it was just it was he used scripture. Out of context. Just out of context. Yep. We, He's smart. He yes, is, very, mean, yes. He's and, deceptive. And, yes. and he picked the right topics too. Mm-hmm. Forty days. Yeah, forty eat. days hunger, hunger bread. bread. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jews are expecting a leader anyway. Yep. You follow him worship me, it's all gonna be yours. Uh, 
Give him yours to give away, devil. That's and right. Hey, I mean, and then you think about this. Jesus, you know, at one point it's like, well, if I got persecuted, you are going to get persecuted too. Well, yeah, by people, but think about the the more. There's more to that. Like Satan went after the Holy One himself, and Jesus conquered all the temptations. Jesus never sinned. He never perfect. So here we are, and we're flawed. So he's going to try to attack us. And so we see that he used the scripture out of context there. We're living in that, guys. I mean, listeners out there, listen, we're not harping on anybody, but we're just saying this out of love because we care about you guys, that there are people out there that are doing the same thing that Satan did right there. You've heard us talk to this same point and topic because it does matter how listeners interpret what we're saying. If, if, If you get the impression that we are, are are trying to be better than you or we're trying to talk down to you, that's not the case at all. No. Nope. The, the point that we're trying to make is it is extremely important for you to understand God's Word. Yeah. So, Alan, take us, I mean, go ahead and say the, the last question because, I mean, this, this is our last question, but that lines up with what you just said. Our last question is, is it important to study the Word of God? On your own. Yeah. Or do we just rely on others? I mean, we're talking about that right now. So let's go ahead and say that question. Uh, is it important to study on your own, or should we just rely on other people? So we led right into that unknowingly. So uh, <laughs> evidently God's telling us to wrap it up. <laughs> so when you when you talk about uh, knowledge and sanctification, it's one of my favorite topics. You hear me speak on it quite a bit because it means I, as a human, as a fleshly being, my spirit that God saved within me strives and longs to be like him. Yeah. So me subduing my flesh and beating it into subjection and becoming more and more in a, in a pursuit of Christ-likeness is the sanctification process. And, and, and when we are in the pursuit of that, the most important part is reading and spending time in God's Word. Through that teacher, the Holy Spirit that lives within us, that helps us to understand what's wrong, what's right, what do I need to do, how do I act in this situation, how to behave, how do I treat my family, how do I treat my wife, how do I treat my, how do I be a neighbor, how do I treat my neighbor? All those are in God's word. Knowing them, understanding them, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, man, it's important that you learn that and not depend on somebody else to teach, spoon feed you, help you, because then again, you're you're subject to their credibility. Yeah, and it's like um, you you were teaching on Wednesday nights about the commandments that yeah. Jesus gave. So when Jesus says, if you love me, keep my words, or if you love me, keep my commandments, okay, well, if you're a Christian, here's a question. What are the commandments? Hmm. So if he says to keep them and you don't know them, then how can you keep his word? <laughs> yeah, that's what, so that's what I'm saying is this. Is it so important, guys, that you need to study on your own? Because if you want a deeper relationship with Christ, if you want a deeper relationship with God, if you want a, a deeper understanding, if you want to know the deep things of God that the Spirit you know, knows and does, then you've got to study the source of those things. It's like this. It's either you can, you're, like if you think about a boat, it's either you can put a boat and drive and go forward, or 
it just floats in neutral and it come, becomes stagnant and lukewarm and all these words. And so it's so important, guys, to study on your own. That's why we've talked about Hollywood. We've talked about false teachers. We've talked about context. We've talked about why do we need it? How did we get it? Because we have to understand that the Word of God is literally the standard that we should all stand on and we should cling to. And it's like we said with Pastor Jason. We'll say the same thing this week. We're not here to condemn anybody. We're here to share lessons that we've learned and we don't want other Christians to have to suffer through. But also, the standard and the things that we're telling you today, they're not our opinions. They're literally from this word right here that, I mean, I'm looking at. And so, and what can happen is if you don't study on your own and you only rely on people like Alan said to spoon feed you, what happens if you show up somewhere and there's a false teacher, right? Because it's like um, a couple of my friends, they sent me a video of something, I think it was uh, through the Bethel churches that are going on out in, out in California. And it was a video of this guy that said he was possessed. And literally the video, he's like, they're, they're holding him down first off. And they're like, you know, who are you? And the guy's like, Lucifer. And he's like, they're like, how long have you been in him? Since he was six years old. But literally like, they're having like a fluent conversation with this guy that says he's possessed by Lucifer, right? Okay. So all of a sudden, I'm listening to what this guy who says he's possessed, and people can be, I believe in that stuff, but I'm just listening, and literally he's like taking scripture and just saying the opposite of it. And it's almost like it's just played out. And some of you guys might be like, well, I love Bethel. Go listen to their pastor Bill Johnson preach a sermon, and you're going to find out real quick that man don't stand for truth. I remember uh, I listened to an interview once with one of his students. She got kicked out of the school. And they're like, well, did you ever get to talk to Bill and all them? And she said, yeah. I asked him why he never talked about the gospel, and he said he didn't have enough TV time. And I was like, oh, my. Because, But think about this. It's in this video. There's thousands of college students there that are all relying on this evangelist on stage. And it's like I talked about, I think it was a couple weeks ago, or maybe when Pastor Jason was here, of a video of an evangelist that was like, the presence of God is here. And his, his name's Daniel something. I don't listen to him at all. Um, the presence of God is here. And then all of a sudden, he's like, open your mouth. The Lord will fill it. Open your mouth. The Lord will fill it. So all these people are speaking in, you know, the tongues that people take, and it's super unbiblical. They're barking like dogs. They're like on the floor. You know, you ever seen a cat playing with a toy on its back with its legs and its feet? Yeah, they're doing that on the floor. And he's like, the presence of God is here. And then at the end of it, he gives an invitation for people to be saved. And I'm like, whoa, wait a second. You just influenced everyone that they have been possessed and influenced by the Holy Spirit. And then you're telling them that they need to be saved? That don't make sense to me. Actually, that is unbiblical to me. And so if you rely on others, boy, they might be spoon-feeding you oil, things mm-hmm. that aren't poison, that yeah. can hurt you. Go ahead, Josh. That's um, So So the, going back to or basically the whole talk of what we've been talking about today is what the world per, kind of perceives and what Hollywood is. I mean, we, we are to test the spirits to see where they're from, and that's where we get discernment. And we get discernment from the Word of God. Yeah. The thing is, though, is that all of these, you know, for Hollywood, for instance, the Christian um, genre has a lot of numbers. So they slap a Christian label on it, and they know it's going to sell because of people that are seeking, you know, Christian stuff. 
And that's why it's key that, you know, we also check the content of it. You know, what are the lyrics saying? What does the what is the what is the backdrop to the movie that's being watched? You know, because like I says, even the, they're not they're not they're not naive of what they're doing. Yeah, and we don't need to be naive of what they're doing Absolute, as well. Absolutely not. Yeah, you you, you got to stu- really look at all that stuff yeah. and examine it. And when we, you, the Bible talks about not everybody that says unto me, Lord, Lord, enter in. So yes. uh, the wolves and sheep clothing, all that are, are very real. And uh, when you are, are interested in God's word, spend some time in it. Here's some th- here's some things that we can we can guarantee you. Number one, it's going to help you. Yeah, and and God, that Holy Spirit teacher that in, lives inside you, you may not get it. To, you know, like you may be like me. It may take you some years. But here's what I want you to understand: if you don't, if you don't understand God's word, if that teacher is not present, there's a bigger problem, and that problem is the Holy Spirit's absent. Yeah, you don't know God, and people can create an atmosphere and tell you it's the Holy Spirit when it could be a whole nother spirit. Uh, and one, one thing I want to clarify, you, God's Word is unique. Yeah. It's very unique. There's nothing else like it. Yeah. You can't sit down with it and read it like you can a, a, a sports illustrator or, or some uh, uh, you know my, uh, newspaper. It's not intended to be read. It's, it's, it's spiritual. It's alive. It's a living Word. And, yeah. and just like you've, we've talked about multiple times, you can read the same patches of Scripture multiple times throughout your life, and God reveal truth that applies to where you're at, where you're living right now in that day. And it's new, and it's fresh, it's alive. So God's Word has to be spiritually discerned, and the Holy Spirit has to be present inside you to help you understand that. Without that, uh, there may be some red flags that go off. Mm-hmm. say, hey, you know what? If I can't understand God's Word, I've been in church 30 years? Yeah. There's a, there's an underlying problem that needs to be addressed. Yeah. Right. Or, you you know, when you read it, you might start seeing things and becoming more sensitive to things. It's like uh, there's a church in Texas, and I can't remember the guy's name, but he claims to be a prophet. And in the middle of their worship services, they have gold dust that they put in the air vents oh, in yeah. the top of the building. Really? And all of a sudden, this gold dust starts falling from the sky, and they're like, oh, my gosh. He'll be like, there's an angel here. The presence of God is here. There's an angel. And there's so many reports of people who end up leaving the church and biblically getting saved. And they're like, yeah, we were the people. That that was yeah. our job. Was to, And so you start realizing that the deception is everywhere. It's like there's a couple instances in my life where, you know, I, I went to a church once. And, you know, I, I don't filter things. I'm not going to bounce around things. I went to a church once where all of a sudden, you know, I was there with one of my friends and a lady pastor walked out and started teaching and I got sick to my stomach one because I mean she was all over the place I couldn't understand what she was talking about but two I realized that that's unbiblical when it comes to the order of the church okay another example is I went to a revival once and walked in and I got sick to my stomach well the pastor (laughs) ends up standing up at the end of the night saying everyone who ever has killed themselves goes to hell and so you're like what about King Saul God's anointed he thinks they went to hell and I'm like so I got sick to my stomach, but that showed me that because I had been reading more and studying a little bit more, I identified why I was uneasy and why I was sick. And it's because there's unbiblical things going on. And so you need to study things out. 
Um, it's like even on this podcast, you know, if we talk about Scripture and I say something out of line, Alan or a listener, if somebody were to say, come in and say, you know, Hunter, I think you used this verse out of context. Can you look at this and tell me what you think? If I'm out of context, I'll apologize and be like, you know, absolutely, I, I was wrong because we can do that as humans. Our pastor says that all the time. You know, if I ever say anything that's wrong, tell me. Um, I'll come back and readdress it and put it in the context. And that's why it's important for all our listeners out there, whoever you listen to, Whatever church you go to, now we're not telling you to go in and try to interview everybody and like rebuke them, but to really consider the words that they're saying. And as Josh said earlier, test the spirits. And a reference text for that is in Corinthians, and it says, when two or three prophets are speaking, let what's being said, let it be weighed. So that means examine the doctrine and the things that they're preaching and they're teaching. And listeners, do that. If your pastor preaches on the fruits of the Spirit and he gives you all the verses, go read them. Go see what he's saying. Go see what he's talking about. And ultimately, you might find yourself in a circumstance where someone could say something unbiblical, and one, you might be able to help them, or two, you might find some rebuking needs to take place. Yep. So, guys, do you, I mean, do y'all have it? I mean, we've anything else for that last question? I think we can answer that. All. Go ahead, Alan. I think we've I think we've done a pretty good job covering that because it's important, and I think everyone knows it's important to study God's word. And, and, and again. Uh, there's been times in my life when that study was easier than yeah. others. There's been times when it's like pulling teeth to get that study time in and keep my attention focused. But please, be consistent. Be determined. Keep your nose in God's Word. Study to show yourself approved. Yeah. And uh, listen, any of y'all out there, for this episode, past episodes, or future episodes, if you hear us mention a, a teacher or a preacher, or an you know a false teacher, and you listen to them before you try to disagree and come at us and tell us, go hear what they're saying, examine what they're saying compared to the scriptures, and I promise you the answers land before your eyes. Because listen, when when Paul said if they preach any other gospel, let them be accursed, that means that they were he was saying listen to what they're saying. And actually, at that time, it was because there were uh, Jews coming in that were teaching that you need to be circumcised and you need to be saved. And it was the, a false gospel. Yep. And so Paul was saying, you need to listen and examine what they're saying. And so that's my encouragement for you. Listen to these people. If you listen to any of the people we mentioned, I promise you, go listen to them. Look what they're saying. Compare it to Scripture. Talk to us. Literally, I mean, I'll sit down with anybody and show them, like, hey, look at what they just said. Look at what the Bible says. And I promise you, we, we should be able to leave there in agreement. Um, because if we keep God's Word as our standard, as we've talked about today, and we see the importance, you know, from Josh's, when he was sharing a little bit about his testimony, and all of the questions we've answered today, if you can see why Scripture needs to be important to you, like Alan said, it will absolutely make a difference. So We've heard from Josh, it's life-changing. It is. I mean, literally, that was all. Josh got saved through studying, and now he's continued it here on. And I'm telling you, he's well-versed. And we, the biblical conversation, you guys have heard this today, just of the biblical conversations and the things we can talk about and the scriptures we can. And, and guys, that's not just because, I mean, I, I never claim to be a smart guy. But I know this, that hours of study and just absolutely feeding, as Josh and Alan have both said about, like you said, about working out and the supplements, and you said about food. We've realized that the Word of God is literally our bread. Mm-hmm. And we can't go days, we maybe even one day, without being in it because we get hungry, 
we can get unnourished, we can become, you know, the point where we're starving. And so we've realized that, and that's not because we're special or we're smart or we're, you know, the biggest biblical brain you've ever, no, it's just because we've seen the standard and we're like, all right, that's what I'm going to live by. So guys, y'all have anything else? We're not super, we're not superheroes. You know, to to maintain your spiritual strength, man, you got to, you got to spend time in God's word. And when we, uh, uh, put these podcasts out there and, 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 and again, use them, listen to them. Hopefully it'll give you strength and, and the encouragement that you need to continue in the battle and to pray for us as we go through this that uh, we would uh, continue to seek God and, and to try to be uh, spiritually led. Yeah, and that we can study to show ourselves approved, and that's that's our goal. So, guys, um, I don't have anything else. It's been great today. Josh, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's I been, enjoyed it. It's been a blast, and uh, this Josh, he'll be back, guys. We will definitely have Josh back. We love talking about the Bible with him. But um, that's it for me. So, guys, Alan. God bless. Hey, we love y'all, and we'll see Josh, tell everybody bye. God bless. Yeah. Hey, we love y'all, and we will see you next week. See ya.